If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA podcast. It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with the Flying Hawaiian himself, Trey Van Buskirk. What is up, my man? You're wearing some silky duds, bro. Thank you. First, I want to say I'm confused. Was Fourth of July on Saturday, or has it been every single day after that? Because there has been fireworks every morning. I've been waking up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen. Uh, in my neighborhood, anyway, they've been setting off fireworks for the last two weeks, and then we've had both real fireworks and theoretical fireworks going off nonstop over the course of the last 36 hours. Breaking news in the sense that uh, it's new to us, so therefore, if you're listening to this, it's new to you as well, or very well could be. Jorge Masvidal stepping in one week notice to take on Marty Fake Newsman, Kamara Usman, welterweight title on the line. Masvidal sitting at a plus 185 underdog as of showtime. Trey, what do you think about this fight, man? I think Nate Diaz said it best. He said, real fights are better fights. This is the fight that the people wanted. Now, while Burns would have been a suitable and formidable opponent, this is the fight that we all want. This is the grudge match. This is this is it. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is a great fight. I just, again, I hate instances like this to be negative, Nancy. I hate instances like this where we get the fight that we want without the without the the hype, without the camp, without the ideal circumstances. I want this fight eight weeks of promotion in Vegas on a car with a full crowd, with the hype, the spectacle, all that. This that's what I want. That's what I want. I don't mind it being the, like the Fourth of July card. That's great. I don't even. I don't even really necessarily mind it being an Abu Dhabi Fight Island card. I just wish there was a crowd. I wish there was people. I wish there was the pomp, the circumstance behind all this. And I wish Jorge Masvidal had more than a week to get prepared. But I think he probably knew something like this was an option, and he's not going to accept this fight if he doesn't think he can win it. I feel like you think we're living in 2019. Bro, it is 2020. I know. And I life know. has changed. This is it. We got a fight. We have three title fights on UFC 251. But this episode is unlike any other. And why is that, Dale? Well, in the sense of why it's unlike any other, we have, for the first time, we have a special guest that's coming on to help us break down and pick winners of fights, man. We do. And is this guest, would you say he's fairly relevant as of right now? I would, I would say he's relevant. Um, I would say he's relevant. I would say even that I would venture to say that just about anybody that listens to this show is going to know who this guy is. Um, I'll also go uh, on and to say that him and I have a lot in common. Okay, that's that's news to me. What is that? Uh, we are both collectors of fine skin art. Skin art. Oh, yeah. Ah, the old sleeves. The old sleeves, yeah. Um, we both, uh, at least as of this exact moment, have terrible knees. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and 
We're both alpha males. Oh, there you go. The cherry on top. Who's this guy we're talking about, by the way? This is Josh Emmett. That's right. Josh Emmett will be joining us later on in the show to help break down the three title fights. You don't want to miss it, so stick around for that. But before we do that, Trey, let's let's pay some bills here real quick. Stay Classy Meats, as you know. Uh, nothing more American than barbecue. Nothing more American uh, than celebrating the freedom. And you have the freedom to choose where you buy your meat. If you're going to do that, you might as well do it from the best place humanly possible. Go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save 10% off your entire order. It's just meat the way the good Lord intended, the way the founding fathers absolutely had it. You know, you can literally taste the freedom coursing through your veins whenever you bite into a piece of bison from Stay Classy Meats. Uh, it's the best kept secret on earth. Stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save 10% on your entire order. Trey. You got silky duds on, man. Like I said, I like that shirt. It's a good colorway on you, man. That uh, it's not a matte green, but it is like a, it is it is sort of like a matte green. It's a good look, but that's a good look. Oh, thanks, man. I feel like anytime I wear a shirt that's outside of black, I'm like a chameleon. My eyes just conform to that color. That would be my fight name. It would be Trey the Chameleon Van Busker. That's it, okay. right there. It has nothing but... to do with your extra long sticky tongue. Oh wow, you spoke to my wife. Um, so speaking of the most patriotic thing outside of the meat that you can put in your body it's what you can put over your body Mm. guys go to allegianceclothing.com type in the code punch you're going to get 15 percent off a veteran-owned usa-made clothing they have literally everything you need from head to toe and dale to your point last week yes they have face masks so we are good to go Guys, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, you will get 15% off site-wide. That's the type That's the type of company you can get behind is they hear they hear you that you have a need and they offer to, to be that that friend, uh, that friend indeed when you have a need. So I can appreciate that. Uh, so I, I look forward to donning the mask next time I go out. You know, uh, like Bane said, nobody cared who I was till I put on the mask. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> but let's get into it, man. UFC 251. We talked about some of these prelim fights, three title fights. Last time we had three title fights, we had three new champions. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's where we're going to land on this this event. However, uh, the stakes are high. This is going to be a great night from top to bottom. We went over some of the prelims last week. Let's start talking about some of these fights. And then we'll get Josh on uh, on the line and let him break down some of these for us as well. In addition to letting us know what's going on, and then we'll ask him some questions about you know how he's doing, um, his fight with Burgos, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, super generous with his time there. So let's get through some of these real quick. Let's touch on Paige Van Zant versus Amanda Hebus. I'm just going to say something real quick. I offered to learn Portuguese if Amanda Hebus would come on our show prior to this so I could interview her. Trey, we put that we put that out there online and she ignored it. Mm-hmm. However, we put a picture of her up and she was all over it. Now, how is it that you hear my picture but you don't hear my cries? I literally was like Rosetta stoning up my Portuguese so I could learn this so we could have a decent conversation. It was, I wasn't trying to woo her. I literally was just gonna. I was just gonna learn Portuguese. I mean, come on, man. That seems fair, right? That's not weird. 
No, it's, t- it's totally fair. I tried to learn the English language a little bit better to get Paige Van Zandt on ignored as well, though. Exactly. I mean, I was lit- I was reading out loud. You and I were taking turns reading the same book to each other. Uh, my version was in Portuguese. You're, you obviously had the English version. But, you know, we can only read uh, The Old Man and the Sea so many times back and forth to each other. It's, it's cut old after a while, especially when it felt like it was for naught. And we're not sailors. Also true. Also true. Not sailors, not fishermen. Um, it was just, it was, it was a rough go. We, we put our best foot forward. Let's talk about this though. Paige Van Zandt coming off a long layoff, a couple broken arms, newly married, blah, 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 blah. Last fight of her contract. Talking about uh, going out in free agency. Her husband fights in Bellator. Amanda Hebus, huge favorite here. Minus 800 against Paige Van Zandt. Admittedly, Amanda Hebus hasn't fought anybody of the caliber of Paige Van Zandt. Uh, over and around at two and a half here, Trey. Under two and a half seems okay at, a, at plus 105. Inside the distance at minus 110. Uh, but women's MMA is a toss-up, man. The proverbial coin flip. I mean, you said it. I mean, Paige Van Zandt. Six of her last eight fights have finished within the distance. Amanda Hebos, four of her last six. These are both fighters that like to be very aggressive in each other's faces. I will say I think Hebos in every facet is better. It takes one moment of PVZ to to kind of slouch, get a little lazy. Hebos is good on the ground, good standing. This is going to be a tough fight. And like you said, as she said, I'm the biggest free agent that's ever step foot outside of the octagon to find my new organization is she going to carry that weight into the octagon trying to make a statement or is like you said the chips fall as they may she's going to get beat by amanda amanda hebus she's going to go to bellator and she's going to fight valerie laredo that's what's Mm -hmm. going to happen and it will break the internet she will be the female star that bellator needs to help push them to the next level their talent pool is shallow enough that they can make a Ronda Rousey out of her over there by feeding her different chicks. And they also have the better looking female talent over there for the time being. They will have a steady stream of models turn cardio kickboxers for Paige Van Zant to chew up and spit out in Bellator. Paige Van Zant is gone. I would actually uh, be shocked if she makes it outside of the first round here. I think the first sniff of trouble, she's going to go ahead, fold, fold up. See you later. Even if she beats Amanda Hevis, this isn't the type of fight that she... Let's say she goes out there and she does that flying kick thing that she hit Beck, Beck Rawlings with. Is that still... Is that enough for, for for Dana White to go, you're a needle mover. I'll give you a million a fight. I'll give you a half a million a fight. I'll give you a, a 150 a fight. No. No. Even now, with all of her clout, with all of her fame, she said she's at a 20... What is it? 24 and 24? 48 and 48? 46 and 46, yeah. 46 and 46. If Paige Van Zandt is at 46 and 46, beating Amanda Hebus, even if it's with a highlight showtime kick, does not put you at the 120-120 range. She's gone, bro. It's a wrap. Go to Bellator. You can put all the sponsors on your butt, your boobs, your back, whatever it is that you want to do. You'll make all the money from there. And then you know Scott Coker's not afraid to pay people. Man, he's going to pay her 100 and 100 each fight. She'll be making well north of a mil per fight to go over there. And kick just just completely chew through cardio kickboxers. She's gonna destroy them. 
Or is she going to bare knuckle? Cena. Ah, hell no, she's going to bare knuckle. Mess up the moneymaker? Not a chance in the world. <laughs> even though I don't know. I, I don't, I, that might not be fair to call her face the moneymaker. I don't know. But e- e- even still, um, I think Amanda Hebus gets this done. I think this fight gets done inside the distance. Um, but minus 110. You know, that's. I, I feel like that's, that's where my money's lying there. Let's move on, though. A rematch. One of the most anticipated women's rematches in modern history here. Rose Nama Yunus, the perennial contender, just fan favorite. People love Rose, man. They absolutely just love her. Um, taking on Jessica Andrade, who admittedly doesn't seem to be a dislikable person, but she always just carries the air of the villain every time she walks into the octagon. Uh, Rose Nama Yunus coming back and fighting uh, the rematch against Jessica Andrade after getting dropped on her dome. Uh, what was that? Just about 18 months ago. Yeah, it's like you said, Rose is the UFC's sweetheart. Everyone loves her. They want to coddle her. I think this is a scary fight. You look at a a brawling Brazilian versus the more finesse technical side of Rose. This is what exactly we saw in the first fight. We saw Rose utilize her jab, move around, and actually win on points for the first two rounds. I know you disagree with me on that, but the majority believe that Rose did win those first two rounds before she held that Kimura grip, got slammed on her head, game over, lights out. Now, what did she have to do with thereafter? She had to deal with all the mental issues that came with it, that I don't know if I want to fight. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Now we're starting to see the rebirth, and with no crowd around, no politics, she's been fairly quiet. Are we going to see the Rose of the first two rounds of their previous bout? Yeah, I don't debate whether or not Rose was winning the first two rounds of that fight. I think she clearly won those two rounds. My problem was is that going into round three, the momentum was starting to take, was starting to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrade's traps were starting to work more. She was doing a better job of cutting off the cage. Rose was not angling away as much. And every time that Andrade came in, she tried to lock up that Sandy Kimura. And it was very effective as a counter the first time, but you could see that it wasn't going to work again. And then she held onto it too long. But her holding onto it too long, to me, was a signal, like was just a signal that she kind of got in over her head and was sort of grasping, if you will, figuratively and literally, for something to try to figure out how to slow Andrade down. Because if you don't separate, Jessica Andrade from consciousness, she will not stop walking forward. Now, the fact that this is a three-round fight, I think, plays into Rose's favor because she was winning and won very easily the first two rounds of that fight. My argument is is that even if Jessica didn't drop her on her head, I felt like the momentum was carrying over to getting to a very, very dangerous spot should this thing go to decision because it looked like Andrade was it was going to take three prior to the knockout. Probably would have took four, and then we would have a toss-up to see as the well go down. You can't speculate 15 minutes ahead of time in a fight, but all the same, the momentum was shifting that way. Andrade is a sizable underdog here, plus 160. Rose minus 200 over on rounds uh, is at two and a half. Over two and a half is at minus 160. Under two and a half is at plus 130. Oddsmakers seem to see this the same way. I'm not going to touch this one. I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, because there's too many X factors. You have the knockout power of Andrade versus there's just too much here. I, I have no desire to touch this fight whatsoever, but I will be in my heart rooting for Rose to win just because I like her. I don't even know why I like her. I just like her. That's because you're American. 
Yeah, but she's Lithuanian. What? Yeah. No. Is she? Bro, do you know another American with the name Nama Yunus? Dude, I have Van Buskirk. That is like, people would think I'm Dutch. Van Buskirk, dude, I thought your people like, like, steered the boats over here. What are you talking about? <laughs> nah, you've been reading too much Old Man in the Sea, dude. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Well, he's being super patient. Let's get Josh Emmett in here. Let's break down these uh, these three title fights. What do you say? Let's do it. I'm pumped. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised. R- really, honestly, this is probably as good as it's going to get. Um, I don't I, I don't know if we should peak this early in our careers, but here we are right now. UFC 251 taking place this weekend. We got a guest on the show going to help us break down fights and talk about himself, the featherweight landscape, and everything moving forward. The one, the only. Josh Emmett. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Oh, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on, you guys. Uh, so first of all, fight of the year contender, Shane Burgos. I mean, realistically, man, I, I mean, blood and guts and grit every time you get in the cage. Did, did you anticipate that kind of fight with Shane going into it? Yeah. No, I, I knew how uh, talented he was. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm always going to be prepared. So I, I was prepared for a, a 15 minute war. Um, I, I knew with his style, I knew he'd be coming forward uh, in the manner which he did. But I also knew it would uh, it'd be beneficial to me because I wasn't going to have to chase him around. He was going to come to me and I'm going to land big shots. But the the, the whole thing also with me man I, I was working my ass off and training so hard for this camp and and i feel like i'm always going into fights injured i'm always going in like uh just not at my you know my my capability like a hundred percent and so this one like i was doing a lot of stuff and i in my mind i was going to go out there and, and show a whole new um just the just the fans and the people that don't know me like my teammates and coaches they and my friends and family, they know me, they hundred percent are behind me and know what I'm capable of and know what I'm going to do here in the, the, the near and in the future in the UFC. But it's like the fans that don't really know me. I wanted to just go out there and just show them like my game, like, and that's everything. I come from a wrestling background. Like I can do everything really well. Um, but I, I, I didn't even get to show it, you know, because I, I completely blew out my entire knee in the first 20 seconds of the first round. So in my mind, I was going to go out there and completely outclass Shane Burgos and uh, put him away. But I, I didn't get to do that. It became competitive because I only had one leg and I was injured. Um, so I, I was having like just, you know, just, just different yeah. things with myself. It's like I, I'm always my worst critic and, and I know what I'm capable of. So that's why the whole time I was like disappointed in my performance just because to me, that was at like 20, 30%. And it just wasn't what I know I can do. And, you know, I'm always hard on myself. So it's my, my coaches always call me Eeyore and stuff. And right. it's kind of funny because they're like, oh, this guy's down on himself again. And it's like, oh, you right. knocked a guy out. He's never been knocked out before. And they're like, see what I mean? I'm like, ah, oh, it was okay. Like, because it can always be better, right? Sure. For sure. So, yeah. so speaking to your coaches, actually, now that we're in this kind of new normal of no fans in attendance, how much more could you actually hear from your corner? Could you actually absorb? Obviously, you could probably hear everything, but you know, you're in a fight. 
can you hear, analyze, dictate, and kind of move forward with what they're saying? Or are you just so engulfed in what's in front of you in a guy that's so aggressive in your face? Were you able to kind of take their teachings and implement them? Oh, 100%. So that that's one thing I've always been like, I, I played every single sport from a young age. I've been, you know, an athlete my whole life. And uh, I'm very coachable. So whatever, like, I don't just, you know, there's some people that are like, in this tunnel vision that don't hear anything, they just see red type of thing. This is just work to me. I, I've been doing this forever. So it's like, I feel everything. It hurts like hell. It's a fight. I'm not nervous. I'm not anxious. Um, I'm very coachable. So when they say something, maybe I don't do it right away because he can hear it as well. But that that's something I've always been able to do. Even with big crowds, I 100% listen to them. I even hear my my opponent's corners. And when they're calling out combinations, like and, and it's simple when they're saying like, you know, high, low, right hands, so stuff like that, that I feel like I kind of know what that combo is. I'll just throw it at my opponent to kind of mess with them. Um, but yeah, no, I, you can hear a lot more. But the funny thing about this and, and during the fight and I'm hearing things my coaches are saying and, I, and I'm thinking it's it's kind of funny and they're like, why would you say that? But they're they're doing things because they're trying to persuade the judges because it's so damn quiet in there. So they're trying mm. to like manipulate the judges. So they're saying things that they would never say in a normal fight. Um, when like I, I hit him with a big, you know, punch and I can hear my, uh, my boxing coach, Joey be like, way to go Emmett!" And like certain thing, I'm thinking it's kind of funny. And even, even <laughs> Burgos's coach was like doing stuff. Um, when I dropped him in the third round, uh, Burgos's coach, I was kind of in their corner and he was like, uh, he's like, Hey, it's okay. Burgos, don't worry about it. You won the first two rounds. And even though I'm in his guard, he's right to my left. I'm saying, I said to him, I said, he didn't win the first two rounds. <laughs> and then Burgos, that's why, that's why Burgos was laughing. He was kinda, right. he, he's a good dude. And he, and that's why he was laughing. And then we were kind of going back and forth. And then even then my coach, I know that he's slick off his back. So when I had him down the second time, Chris Holdsworth is like, watch that arm bar. And I'm like, I know. And then he starts laughing again. He's like, ah, fuck. You know, it's, it's kind of funny, but he, he he's such a good dude. And uh, he's just super respectful. And then it, it kind of, when someone's like, uh, I don't know, I just feel like people, he, he's a good dude. So I'm like, it sucks that you got to do that to, uh, to someone that's such a good person. But it's like, it's either him or I. And, you know, I'll right, choose right. myself every day. So Sure. Exactly. So I wanted, I wanted to ask you about the knee thing, because as soon as it happened, so this isn't about me at all, but I had an ACL, MCL, LCL tear clean a couple years ago. It was probably about 10 years ago now. And for me, it was like a pop. And then it was like a white hot pain in my knee. And then it sort of went numb for a while. And I kind of went in shock on my way to the hospital. Your knee did that weird jump, you know, when you put it down. And then you, you just literally, I mean, obviously fought through that that entire time. I mean, did you know immediately something was wrong or did you block it out? Like, how did you process something like that? Because that's a catastrophic injury in that, in that sense. Like, yeah. how do you process something like that in a fight? I mean, and you're a guy that has weird injuries in fights. You've broken your hand, the thing with your finger and the knuckle sticking out. I mean, you've had some gnarly injuries in fights. How do you process that in the midst of all of it? Or do you not have time to think about it at all? Yeah, so that's my, like, man, going into the fight, like, what I'm doing, um, I, I feel like I, I just, you know, I, I've been talking about this recently, but I feel like my mindset, it's like, I, I, I started to mold myself into, like, a strong individual when mm -hmm. I was a little child, just from some of the stuff that, you know, I've, I've experienced and witnessed through, like, mental health, not myself personally, but my family sure. dynamics, like, you know, mental illness, um, substance and alcohol abuse and all these type of things. 
Yeah, a lot of things that I've seen and experienced that kids probably shouldn't have. Um, and so I think at a young age, I started to become really like in tune with myself and being a strong individual mentally. And then obviously throughout my life and, and adversity and this and that and um, working with mind coaches and different things that I do. Fighting is the majority of it's it's a mental, you know, I mean, anyone can, it, it, the physical portion everyone has, you can do that, but it's like what I'm doing too, before I go fight, I, I take this, it's fight day before I'm just by myself, I'm getting prepared mentally what I'm about to endure. And, and that's something that maybe a lot of people don't do. I, I know it's going to hurt. Like, I, I know it's going to hurt. I'm, I'm going to go get in a fight and, and I've said it before and I don't just say it because to, you know, it sounds cool. I'm, I'm literally willing to go through anything like I, I accept it like it's gonna hurt I, I welcome it I bring on this pain I bring everything on I want to get hit by my opponent I want to get in the clinch and feel how strong they are see how fast they are but but I know it's gonna hurt like so I, I really am getting mentally prepared to go through the worst like I don't give a damn if hopefully not but like I break stuff uh you know like what I what I did with with the knee when I've had the compound fracture I've snapped my hand twice and you know in fights I've had all the facial fractures but it put me out I'm literally saying you have to put me out to I will never quit um and, and you see it time and time when people are they want out I I can see I can see from wrestling in college or just wrestling and, and playing sports and fighting especially I can see when I'm starting to break somebody and then that's when I'll ramp it up um, right. because they want a way out and I'll give them that way out. I will never do that. When you see people just covering up and the, the judge or the ref saying like, Hey, protect yourself. And they just right. sit there and don't do anything. They want out. I'm like, just stop the fight. They want out. You should just tap. Like, I won't do that ever. Injury, um, fatigue, uh, no matter what it is, I will never do that. And, and so with that, I have a high pain tolerance as well. And so I feel like I knew right away something was seriously wrong. And you can tell in my interview I did right after I said I blew out my ACL, like, because I, I had no stability. Like yeah. I knew something was seriously wrong. Uh, when your ligaments tear like that, your everything locks down and your muscles aren't firing. So I, my quad right. wasn't even working. My hamstring wasn't working. It was buckling on me. And that's why in my mind, it was kind of like a lackluster fight. Like I was pissed about it because I wanted to do so much. I couldn't even move, like use a lot of lateral movement. Every time I would le lean over and, and try to go to the body, like a liver shot or throw a left hook or uppercut um, or even overhand right. And I'm sitting on that left leg. My knee was giving out and buckling and, and it hurt like hell. Like, so people are telling me like, Oh, about adrenaline and like, oh, good thing you have all that adrenaline. I'm like, man, I, I've been being an athlete. Like, I'm not even nervous before I go out there. I was telling my coaches because I, I warmed up in the back. I was all warm. Then I was cold. So I was standing in the staging area trying to pump myself up. But there's no fans, no nothing. It's in a dark hangar. I'm like, man, I told my I told Joey, Danny and Chris right then. I was like, oh, I'll warm up in the first. Um, and then uh, it's just I feel it. Like I always tell people, okay, you, you guys are right now, say you're barefoot, you stand up, stub your toe, but you're at work. Oh, good thing. Adrenaline's a hell of a thing. No, you feel it. I feel everything. Like it hurts like hell. Like I've been doing this for so long. Maybe if you just, someone just went and got, got in a fight on the street, you know, maybe their adrenaline would be on another level. And sure. I know I have adrenaline. I'm not saying I don't have any, but I feel everything. Um, and, and so uh, when that happened, I'm having this, like this, this mental, like just this challenging thing. Like I'm talking to myself. I feel like you got this, 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 like 
you know, this strong voice in my head uh, telling me certain things. And I got this, like this weak ass, like voice <laughs> in my head telling me to like, give up your knees hurt. Like right. it's okay. Um, but then I made a decision right there while I'm trying to dr block punches. And I'm like, man, I trained so hard for this. Like, um, and, and for me, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Like a lot of people, like I a hundred percent do this for the money. I, I 100% fight for the money. I don't like to fight. Like I'm, right. I, I like the light. I like the lifestyle. Sure. I like all that, but I'm not having fun in there. It's like work, you know. It's like, for sure. um, I feel like I'm literally just going to like clock in for my 15 minutes, or if, if that be the case, and I'll, I'll get paid. And and so through my head, I'm like, right then, I'm like, I'm not going home with one check. You work too hard for this. You'd be pissed. And then that's when I flipped the switch again. And I was like, screw this. Let's just bite, resort to plan B. We didn't have a plan B, but let's resort to that. And let's just bite down and just throw everything you have at him. And, and that's the thing where people are also saying like, Virgo's a hell of a fighter. He's going to do really well, but they're like, man, was that discouraging when you were hitting with everything you had and he wasn't going down? I was like, no, I, I wasn't hitting with everything I had because I couldn't sit on my punches. Right, right, uh, right. I was hitting him hard, don't get me wrong, and he is a tough dude. And But that's when I switched it up in the in the third round. When I go southpaw, I'm dropping him with straight lefts. I'm dropping him with overhand lefts. If, if I had two legs, I do not believe he gets out of the first round, honestly, because um, then I could really commit and sit on those punches. Uh, and I could do so much more. I could kick. I could. I couldn't kick with my uh, my right leg as well because all my weights on my left. I, I just sure. couldn't. I couldn't do anything in the fight. So it was a. Uh, it was challenging. But going back to the knee injury, I've been getting so many things where people are like, I, I sprained this. I barely tore my ACL. I don't. And I couldn't even stand. I don't understand how you did that. But <laughs> I, I completely tore my ACL. I, I partially tore my MCL. I sprained my LCL. There was a lot more that happened that i didn't put out on the thing sure, sure when the acl you know tore my my femur and tibia hit so hard so i had an impact fracture so i fractured my femur i fractured my tibia oh i my took God. a huge divot out of the cartilage oh, that sits between dude. the femur and tibia and there was a lot of other like little sprains like you're saying like sure. ucl all that but i'm like ah, i don't give a damn about that we'll do the the major things and uh <laughs> yeah but then I, then i was happy because i'd be in a, a bad position and i knew i would if I say even now or leading after the fight, let alone I get a loss, um, I have this injury that's horrible. I right. only got one check. And then me knowing everyone else would be okay. Like they see the injuries. Oh, it's okay. I would not be okay with myself. Like knowing that I, you know, gave up or lost or something because of something like that. So that's why I'm, I'm preparing myself for like, I always say I'm, it's like I'm hopping into a car and I'm going to floor it into a tree with no right. seatbelt, and I hope everything turns out for the best. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in a fight, but, you know, if the worst happens, okay, I'm, I'll still go through 15 minutes. If it's minor, I'm still going to fight my ass off. Well, it's, I, it's, it's unfortunate that you had all these injuries, of course. Like, you'd love to come out unscathed, but like you said, you clock in for the 15 minutes and you get out. It's almost the perfect time, I feel like, to you know sit back, reflect, and kind of rejuvenate yourself to come back in. It looks like you know one through six in the featherweight division all somewhat have about agreed to. I don't think Yarier Rodriguez does, but you know, kind of looking at the landscape and getting back in there once you come back. Is there anyone that you kind of have your eyes on? I know you said you don't want to be a gatekeeper any anymore. Uh, you don't want to fight behind you. So anyone in front of you that kind of has your interest. Oh yeah, man. If I, if I got to pick, I'm picking the champion, whoever that is every time. But yeah. I also do think, um, I felt like I was two, two fights away before the Burgos fight. I win two fights. I fight for the title. Yeah. Um, 
that's actually in my contract too. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like, yeah. uh, yeah, I, feel like um, I, I feel after that and, and just people knowing, like, I, I think I made, I don't know, reach a new demographic. A lot of people are like, oh, I, didn't, I knew you were good, but I know you're that good. I'm like, I still didn't get to show you anything. Because sure. um, that, that's not, like, I'm not happy with that performance because it's, it's not what I wanted to do. Um, but now people are saying, oh, I wouldn't be uh, mad if Josh got the winner of Volkanovski Holloway. And I'm like, either would I, that's what I want. I, I think if you, people thought Burgos and I was an exciting fight, I think Volkanovski and I are so similar and stylistically, that is yeah. the best match, best matchup for me mm -hmm. uh, in the division because we're the same height. We're, we're like, it would be most similar to fighting myself uh, just because we come from wrestling backgrounds. We're both explosive, powerful, like, you know, it's just crazy that I think that would for sure lock in a fight of the year, maybe fight of the decade if it went, you know, three, four, five rounds. Um, and, and we we can we have high output. Like I can, I'm always in great shape, but that's the fight I want. Otherwise, I want to, whoever the number one contender is. Like sure. you know, like I want something. That if obviously if I can't get the title fight, I, I don't. I'm not going to fight anyone behind me. I'm not even going to fight. People are talking about, oh, get the winner of Ige Cater. I don't even want that. I want, because that does nothing to me either. Then I, I move up one with a win. So I just want to, I want towards the top. And, and I know I can compete with anyone in the division. I know I can beat anyone in the division. I just need the opportunity and the chance. And, and now I feel like even with that fight, uh, my stock went up. Like Dana White was there live. First time he's ever seen me fight live. I knew once he eventually saw me fight live, I'd make a fan out of him. Um, and he was all over the place. And even a security guard that was at the UFC, they've been to every single, you know, UFC Vegas one through four. Um, I saw him at the PI and he was like, man, it's crazy. I've seen some people um, after their fight, a few people stand up, clap up that. He said, yours is the only fight out of all four, even the Poye hooker fight. He said every single person was on their feet clapping standing up the commission dana white like everybody like i didn't see i didn't see that because like, i'm just in the cage and sure he said it was he's been at every fight and he's like man that was something that kind of stuck with me he's like dude that was amazing like i've seen few here and there some no people stand up every single person was on their fifth, uh, feet clapping i was like oh that's that's kind of cool and dana was telling me how happy he was with that and you know he likes to see those types of fight but then in my mind i'm like i didn't even get a perform the way i wanted to or i can right and, but he was all happy so i'm like ah, at least it's good so yeah so i i think i can possibly you know with the top six being tied up these guys are going to fight each other out they're going to weed themselves out yeah so i do believe when i come back it's going to be for a huge fight whether it be a title eliminator or you never know with the, the current state of like the, the pandemic still and visa issue uh issues uh injuries like if i can slide in there and and, and fight uh for the title man uh, yeah sign me up i I'll, I'll take that all day but uh and it'll just give me that that close to uh to what i'm going to do eventually sure. it's, it's inevitable but i you know it's just taking me a little longer than when i expected i don't think it's a matter of if i think it's a matter of when uh, i mean you have the mindset obviously in, in agreement with that i don't think anybody that watches you fight uh, would say anything other than that. It's just, it's not a matter of if with you, it's just a matter of when. The opportunity, you know, will come along. I love you versus Volkanovsky. That'd be like firing two cannons at each other um, from like 50 yards out, man. It'd just be absolutely wild. But let's talk about, so you mentioned a couple different things. 
So you talked about the way the landscape can change quickly with the pandemic. And we talked about the Volkanovsky Holloway fight. If you don't mind, um, big event this weekend, it, just get your take on some of these fights that are going down this weekend. I know sometimes it's a little difficult because you know some of these people personally and training partners and stuff like that. But could you indulge us a little bit? I mean, sort of where we cut our teeth is betting and breaking down who we think is going to win and lose fights. Would you indulge us on that a little bit? Yeah, so as far as the featherweight division, like, um, and you probably saw all the stuff that they were talking about, like, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, why would they? But it, I think that's all fake, right? Um, like Holloway pulling out of the fight. I don't think that's real. Right. Uh, I have seen that. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's odd. Like, I, I saw him. He looks pretty, like, lean already. And this was interviews a week ago. And then he's out there. And why would you pull it, you know, on Monday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not even try. I, I find that hard to believe. But I still think the fight goes down. I was saying it all before, before the first fight. I kept saying stylistically, it's a bad matchup. And and I was saying Volkanovski is going to win. I, I think it's going to be the exact same thing. I, I think he gets the job done again, just because it's a tough, it's it's a tough matchup for Max. Uh, Volkanovski stays in his shell and he's really good with, you know, setting up um, his kicks with punches first and finish hard kick or he'll kick and then finish punch. And he can, you know, go ortho and southpaw, and he he's just he's he's good. He's he's the best right now in the division. Um, Max has always been, you know, he was arguably the goat of the division. All this type of stuff. He's a phenomenal fighter, but I just don't think it's a good matchup for him. Um, and unless Max can go out there and catch him with something and hurt him, and then finish him TKO, I just I think it's going to be the same outcome. If not, Volkanovski, I could see possibly maybe putting Max away. Um, or just going out to be the same thing, uh, Volkanovski winning by decision again. And now it's Masvidal Usman, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just they uh-huh. just made it official, like as of like two hours ago. Oh wow! Um, they got Masvidal and Usman. It's signed. Uh, Masvidal's COVID nineteen test came back. He's negative. Looks like they're getting ready to put him on the plane and get get him moving. That's a one week notice on a fight. I mean, that's awesome. Like that's crazy. I, I was excited for the Gilbert fight just because. Uh, and and Usman, uh, but this is a bigger fight in the fans' eyes. You know what I mean? So I sure. think it's, uh, it's going to be do even bigger numbers uh, for pay per view and things like that. I, I don't. I'm assuming Masvidal has been training, and, and if he's close to weight, I'm assuming he, he. I don't know if he was a backup or something like that, but um, I'm assuming he's in good shape. But it's just going to come down to the wrestling. Right. On on the feet, Masvidal has the advantage. Um, and, and Usman's been looking better and better with his striking, he, you know, the way he did it with uh, fought Colby. But if he can just, if he takes Masvidal down and just kind of grinds him out and holds him there, I could see it being kind of a boring fight. But I don't know. I, I don't really see that happening. It just, it's hard for me to know. Like, if, if I knew the, the amount of shape uh, that Jorge was in, it's like, Maybe I may lean towards him, but I don't know. I, I kind of think it's hard. Like, it just depends. I, I, I think if, if, if Usman gets him to the ground and, and can keep him there, then, yeah, he's, he's going to pull off a decision or something like that. If Masvidal can stop it from going to the ground or he can use the cage to get back up or get back to his feet and scramble, um, then he's been working with all these high-level wrestlers. Um, but you can't – you don't learn wrestling um, – Right. In a month and right. a year in five years yeah. uh, to someone on Usman's caliber. That's something that you can teach boxing all day and striking, but you, the wrestling is on another level. Um, yeah. 
Do you think fighting outside is going to play a difference? Or make a difference in anything? I mean, it looks. They showed pictures of the octagon. It looks like it's right on the beach. I no, mean, that, that's 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 just. I think Dana playing with everyone. It's not going to be on the the damn sand. Like I, I think um, <laughs> there's no way. That's there's no. But way. they showed it like with. I mean, the the, the, the no, skill I saw sets. That. Yeah, I, it looks I, crazy. I doubt that. I I I saw that, but I'm like, I think it's them just doing like doing this for everyone else. I, I thought, like, when they fought in Abu Dhabi, I thought they also did it in the, the tent, and that's where yeah. Khabib fought. I guarantee it's going to be in that, because I'm thinking, like, the, the canvas would be hot. Like, it's so damn hot and humid and all these things. Like, they cannot have these guys fighting like that. Like, that's weird. If there's any type of breeze or wind and sand getting in there, and no. there's no, no way. Like, I do not. If they do that, like, man, that's. That's insane, but I, I think it's going to be in the tent. I think he's just messing with everyone. Well, I was thinking if it was you and I, we're fairly fair-skinned dudes. Like, why don't we just put some SPF all over our bodies, make it a little greasier, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I I, I, I find that like super hard to believe. For one, they got to do this 21-hour flight. They're doing all these testings, quarantines. You're staying in a hotel. You're not – already, the way fight week was for me – that was completely different. And then now the way they're doing five tests throughout there. So they're being quarantined and right. they can't even leave their, their hotel room. Like food's being delivered. Um, I don't think they're fighting outside on the beach. Like I, I just, I cannot see that. I wish like, they would though. Like Mortal Kombat, <laughs> blood sports, just something, you know, just straight Kumite yeah. out there just in the open. I, I, please. I mean, great. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be so crazy, but Hey, it'd, it'd, it'd be a, yeah, definitely be different, but um, yeah, I think they'll be in the tent. So, All right. so Josh, we want to be cognizant of your time, obviously. And there's a fight that's on this card that I feel like you of all people has somewhat of a six degree of separation. Jose Aldo, king of the featherweight division for forever. And then you've got Peter Yawn, who obviously uh, most recently coming off a win after your guys is the general Uriah Faber. You guys, I'm sure have studied so much tape on Peter just when, you know, Uriah was in camp. Um, what's kind of your take on this? Obviously, Jose dropping 10 pounds and then Peter, who's just on an absolute tear in the division with great boxing. Where do you think this one stands? Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, it also depends what, what Aldo shows up. I think it's the same Aldo that showed up that fought Marias. I'm putting my money on him. You know, he's, he's been in those big fights and uh, it, it just depends like what, what, if he's utilizing his leg kicks and just doing, I, I thought he looked great in, the, in that fight. So if, if the same Aldo shows up that did for that fight, I, I think he beats, uh, you know, Jan, but then again, Jan, we haven't really got to see too much from him, but he is, man, he's really, really good. You know, and his boxing is great. His wrestling, everything. He's a well-rounded fighter. Um, if I had to bet, I would probably go with Aldo. Um, but it's so, so tough just to see we'll know pretty quick like who shows up and within the first few minutes i wish you could do some live betting right then make your decision then right. <laughs> exactly so you can do live betting in between rounds though so that's good so just yeah. i don't know if you paid attention i mean obviously you didn't pay attention to it during but if you saw after the fact you went from underdog to favorite as the fight was going on with burgo so in round betting after each round was done you became a little bit more of a favorite a little bit more of a favorite a little bit more of a favorite uh as the fight was going story on story of your life <laughs> i know every time it's like but i'm, but I'm, I'm glad because it's like every time like my, i have some friends that put a lot of money on me every time even if i'm the favorite they do and right. so then 
man, I'm loving this. Like, I think one of my buddies locked me in when I was like, I was like plus 165. And then the line started to change. Yeah. And then it, like came back up to like someone else got me at, like plus 150. So it's kind of, it's funny though. But I'm like, man, how am I always the, the underdog? I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I, I don't care because that, that means nothing. Obviously rankings mean nothing. Um, yeah, it's just all like I was saying, everything has there's politics and involved in sure. everything. And it's like everyone's biased and has their favorites. And uh, yeah, it'll continue to always be like that no matter what you're doing. That's all right. Well, well, like Trey said, we want to, you know, we appreciate you. You've been super generous with your time. So can we lock you in for Aldo Volkanovsky and Usman? Yeah. Okay. All right. And then last question would be obviously. You got the surgery coming up. Best of luck to you in that. Where is the Emmett World Tour going next? Man, this is something that my uh, wife and I were talking about just because when I got injured the last fight, we still went out to Vietnam and enjoyed that and uh, sure. had a great time. But I think right now we were saying we're just going to sit back. Maybe if we do some trips, we'll just do like stuff in the, you know, here in right. the U.S. And, and check out other states and do like three, four day uh just getaways to new places we haven't seen just because I really do want to focus a hundred percent on, uh, yeah, I'm going to bust my ass in rehab. Like I was, I was already doing stuff last week. I stayed out in Vegas for two weeks and I, I was doing things that the, I'm working with like one of the best PTs in the country, Heather. Uh, mm-hmm. she's phenomenal. And she's worked at the Olympic training center for eight years with combat athletes, the head of uh, medical for the, the PI. And she's having me do things that people do three to four months post-op i'm doing eight days after with no ligaments and people are amazed They're like how is he doing this like um she's like she's amazed and i so i'm glad so the the number one thing most people recover in nine to 12 months she won't clear anyone to fight um sooner than six months six months if you're doing great my goal is to be the first one. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to bust my ass and I'm doing two PT sessions a day, every day. I'm doing strength and conditioning. I'm working with sports psychologists. I'm working with my mind coach. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm going to get back on my diet uh, and I'm going to treat this like a camp, like I did the pandemic. You know, I, I wanted to come out uh, better uh, than I went into the, the lockdown and the shelter in place. I'm going to do the same thing for this. I'll, I'll come back stronger. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to work hard. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to be the first one that she can clear before six months and, and whatever that is, like, even though most people can be clear nine to 12 months, I will fight before then. Like I'm saying six, seven months out or whatever, but it'll be before the nine month marker for sure. Right. So awesome. that's, that's kind of my goal. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see where that goes, but after the world tour is going to be halted in Vegas because I'm going to stay out in <laughs> Vegas for six, six weeks after, uh, right six weeks after uh, surgery doing rehab. So I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll find some things to do. My, my wife and I, we ate it like every single or not every single, but we ate it every night. We ate at some like the best restaurants and kind of, uh, are over that. Now I feel just gross. I put on like almost 40 pounds in a few weeks. And, like, <laughs> well, if you end up touring, if you, if you do a stateside tour or whatever, you know, I'm in Charleston, which has been named, best city in the country for a handful of years now and then also yeah 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 man so come on down and then uh you know we'll give you some southern hospitality if you want you know i don't know i don't know if you drink or not but uh i've never met a beer i didn't like so you know no yeah i love i love some good uh craft beer and uh whiskeys and stuff like that yeah you gotta you gotta tell danny castillo to get off the white claw train man (laughs) he loves it 
he, he can drink those things and it's uh not that much calories and they're they're pretty strong so <laughs> when you're having a whole case of them yeah exactly <laughs> all right josh appreciate your time man best of luck with surgery next week and then you know obviously we're going to continue to follow your journey and then you know uh we'll check in with you here sooner rather cool. than later and then uh we'll talk soon man appreciate your time oh, yeah. all right nice to talk to you guys you guys have a good week perfect too. thanks josh all right man so not uh, i don't want to say it's not quite but i'm gonna go ahead it's probably the highlight of my podcasting career right there is having a guy like that come in and give us that level of insight when it comes to basically just i mean i think a lot of people if you go back and you listen to what 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 josh was just talking about there there's a lot of behind the scenes insight there that i was not ready for um and that's not even talking about breaking the fights down man i know we weren't totally surprised about his picks there but behind the scenes stuff man that's that's great man i i, I just i don't know gotta, gotta we gotta make sure we tell that guy thanks <laughs> No, for sure. And I think we're starting to, you know, see from a fighter's perspective that they they all value this no crowd um, environment. I think this is something where, you know, you think that fighters get this high off and I'm sure they do. You know, if a slam happens, a knockout, they get some motivation from the crowd. But what's more beneficial to them is what's happening in their corner, what they're able to hear from the other person's corner and how they're able to progress the fight. I think that Josh eloquently put that and that's super exciting to actually watch this upcoming weekend's fights. Yeah, I think the more cerebral fighters are really enjoying being able to just go in there, think, execute, listen to coaches and get it on. But I think some of your more fan-friendly fighters, right, your Nico Prices, your um, Mike Perrys, they need that uh, They need that crowd. They need that, that roar, if you will. Um, I actually I think that, you know, the, the lack of crowd is probably how Gaethje was able to to beat Ferguson because he, he was able to stay focused and not get into those firefights, you know, like, uh, uh, what's his face? Like J Trevor Whitman was telling him like, you're having too much fun. You gotta, you gotta dial it in. Imagine if there was 20,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, you know, as well as I do, Gaethje would have went ham and potentially blew the entire thing. Exactly. Well, I do know that the three title fights that we now have, everyone's going to be screaming from their couches it's about to get wild. It's about to get wild. All right, so let's let's dive right into these. Um, I know we talked about them briefly, but let's let's go a little bit more in depth as we do. Peter Yawn or Piotr Yawn taking on Jose Aldo. Aldo getting his bandweight title shot basically off resume, not off of a win. Um, lost to Marlon Marais, and I think I agreed with that decision. I know I'm unpopular in that regard, but I thought Marais beat him as well. Doesn't matter what I think, though. He's getting fight for a title. Uh, the recently vacated bantamweight belt against Piotr Jan. Piotr Jan at a sizable favorite, minus two forty-five. Jose Aldo plus two hundred five over under on rounds here. Trey, surprisingly enough, is that two and a half? Two and a half. Figured it would be at three, three and a half, um, but we're at two and a half over two and a half minus one eighty-five under two and a half plus one fifty-five. Emmett already said that he likes uh, Jose Aldo in this fight. Where are you landing here? I really like Aldo as well. Um, I think that his strength of schedule, I mean, he can't even say strength of schedule. He's the most decorated featherweight of all time. His fight with, like you said, Marais was so close. It was razor thin. Could have gone either way. Um, I think that Jan, while his strength of schedule wasn't there, his decisiveness in association to every one of his fights has been there. The guy's 6-0. and oh, and his 
dirty boxing. And I don't say it dirty in the fact that it's not technical. It's freaking technical. He's got polished footwork. This guy gets in your face and he does devastating things. That's what makes him scary. Also, if your name's really supposed to be Peter, but you call yourself Petra, that's scary as shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, my biggest concern with Aldo going into this fight is um, is he doesn't necessarily do great when fights get ugly, when fights get dirty, when they get gritty, when they don't go smooth. If Piotr Jan goes out there and wants to engage in a technical kickboxing match against Jose Aldo like Marlon Marais did, he's setting himself up for failure. He needs to go in there and he needs to utilize his wrestling. He needs to utilize that clinch. He has to make this ugly. He has to make Aldo carry him. And he's got to bust Aldo up early. First two rounds, he's got to inflict some sort of damage on Aldo, whether it be legs, body, face, something, to make Aldo feel like he's behind, right? To get him gun-shy. We saw this with the Holloway fights, is that when Jose Aldo started getting pieced up, when he started taking visceral damage he slows down and then he sort of checks out a little bit he just doesn't do well in the grit the fight the muck the dirt the blood um he just doesn't do well there and that's not to say that he's not a fighter he absolutely is and what he does is admirable within the cage it's just yawn has to take him to a dark place if he can take him to a dark place he wins we just don't know if yawn can do that because he hasn't fought anybody near the caliber of Jose Aldo. Yeah, I think I think what I would say to these fighters is let's treat this like a three-round fight. Whoever comes up, gets a giddy-up, and owns the first three rounds is going to win this fight. Both these guys are durable, mm-hmm. so we know when it gets in the later rounds, someone getting knocked out, submitted. I don't see that happening. I actually see this going the distance, but I do see... Petra Yawn kind of owning and moving fast in those first three rounds, picking up those points. Yeah, he's going to have to. But here's the thing with this fight, right, is that very rarely do you get a guy with the pedigree, the strength of schedule, and the resume of a Jose Aldo. And very even rarer do you get them at a plus 205. I'm going to take a flyer on Jose Aldo here. This is Yawn's fight to lose. I want to be very, very clear about that. Um and if he were to become the second Russian champion, if you will, um, that the UFC has had, because I'm just going to lump Dagestan into Russia. Um, if he becomes that, he can very well become a superstar. So it, it bodes well for the UFC either way for one of these guys to win. But I think maybe getting that second Russian star to push would be great for them. This is Pyotr Jan's fight to lose. But Jose Aldo plus 205 i like that that's tasty i'm gonna put some money on that Mm, i love it too Mm, it's juicy okay speaking of juicy alexander volkanovsky taking on max holloway max holloway uh was the one to dethrone jose aldo out of that featherweight spot and then you know like like emmett said possibly uh one of the consensus greatest featherweights of all time uh, taking on Alexander Volkanovsky, who we also heard him say that he would love to match up against. Um, stylistically, I think he's spot on. This could be a very bad matchup for Max Holloway, but I'm going to need you to convince me to bet against Max Holloway here because it's very hard for me to bet against Max Holloway um, with how dominant he's been. Is this recency bias in my head? What's going on here? Why am I uncomfortable with this fight? 
it's because you saw a couple vulnerabilities with Holloway, and we all saw it. Um, it wasn't until the fourth round in their first bout that he started checking leg kicks that he was just getting decimated through. He actually switched to southpaw, was trying to you know move Alexander out of his comfort zone a little bit. But, I mean, he literally outstruck him 157 to 134. The output was there. He stayed in the pocket. His leg kicks, he was chopping on the tree all day long. I just didn't really see the improvements, um, you know, in the later rounds for Max Holloway to kind of find an answer to this problem. Um, Max Holloway, I think we we all know this has been a super unique camp, one that you actually think might benefit him. Doing a Zoom workout, a Zoom sparring, if you will, whatever, in the comfort of his own home for quarantine purposes, how, do you think that's actually going to benefit him going into something that it's a guy that's going to be in your face? Yeah, I, listen, I, I don't know if it's going to benefit him in the fight, but I think it benefits a guy like Max long term because Max is our, I don't want to call him punchy. That's not fair. And that's, you know, that's that's insensitive. But Max already talks a little mouthful of marbly, mm-hmm. right? He's yeah. already been in a lot of wars. He's taken some big shots. He's not afraid to stand there and bang. This is the guy that stood there and called Ricardo Lamas like, bull into the center of the octagon and exchanged hammers with him, right? This is a guy that has fought literally everybody in the featherweight division. Uh, And then we can't forget that the five-round fight that he had with Dustin Poirier, that was akin to a a Ioana Janjic, Wally, or Weili Zhang fight. It it really was. Fights like that take pieces from you, um, both good and bad. Um, And Max... You know, hasn't shown himself to be depleted in any way from a, being able to take a punch standpoint. But at a certain point, your brain just needs time, right? It really needs time to stop getting punched, to stop getting shaken around in your head. And I think something like this is going to be that much more beneficial for him, the fact that he did no sparring for this. Um, the flip side of that is Alexander Volkanovsky's business as usual. So he's going to come in equipped for spite, fight speed, equipped for um you know fight pressure the hits the bumps uh the bruises he'll be ready to rock and roll um max is gonna have to learn on the fly he's got to relearn on the fly real quick i think that already throws two rounds in volkanovsky's favor two rounds right off the rip are gonna go to volkanovsky yeah i think um you know, obviously Holloway's last three fights have all finished via decision. Before that, he was on a four-fight winning streak all via TKL. I think we're going to start to see the tides change, whether that's because it's unique training for each of them or that's Volkanovski's actual quote, which is, I'm going to finish Holloway this time. He needs to make a stamp. He needs to make a name for himself. People consider him the champ, but they to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. He got a decision over the champ. This is his time to cement his name in the featherweight division. Yeah. Volkanovski sitting at minus 245, Max Holloway plus 205, over under on rounds here, Trey's at four and a half. Um, both these guys are calling for a finish here. Even with that, the over four and a half is at minus 235. The under four and a half is a plus 195. I don't, I don't discount the desire for these guys to want to finish each other. But I cannot ignore how durable either one of these guys are. Volkanovski has shown himself to be just otherworldly um, in, his, in terms of the fact that he wears no damage. And he seems infinitely tough. Max Holloway, on the other hand, seems to be able to take everybody's best shot. And while he gets damaged, while he gets beat up, 
it's just never enough to get him out of there um, because he's so dangerous. You can't just rush in blindly. So I don't want to touch an inside-the-distance play here, despite both these guys saying that. I don't necessarily know that playing either one of these guys is a great play here. I just want kind of just picking a winner and a loser here as opposed to a play. I just kind of like Volkanovski to win this fight for the reasons why Emmett talked about. Uh, you know, it's just a bad stylistic matchup. You know, we're not really sure the adjustments that Max Holloway can make outside of checking leg kicks. And the fact that he just hasn't had a real camp, I think that immediately forfeits two rounds to Alexander Volkanovsky because Volkanovsky is going to come in hot and heavy right off the rip. Um, I just kind of like picking Volkanovsky here. I don't necessarily know about making a play. What do you think? I love it. And uh, I think if he keeps chopping down at those legs, maybe some shin-on-shin kicks, make this thing interesting, who knows? If it finishes inside the distance, a little bit of sprinkle on top of the cake. Yeah. All right, so just brand new announcement. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, like you said, stepping in last minute, weeks notice to take on Kamara Usman. Jorge Masvidal plus 185, Usman at minus 235. No lines out yet for rounds. I would anticipate this one being at three and a half. Um, look, man, like I said earlier in the show, it's the fight I want. It's just not the circumstances I wanted in. I know Jorge Masvidal trains with Yoel Romero. I know that Kamara Usman does not like being hit. He does not respond well to being hit at all. Colby Covington, not known for his power, had Usman rocked on several occasions. Masvidal, on the other hand, crisp, nice with it when it comes to throwing him hands. Um, Puts him at superstar status, man. Masvidal, they want Masvidal to win this fight. The UFC wants Masvidal to win this fight. Um, I think he has a very real chance of doing it. I just, Kamara Usman you know, recently relocated, at least for this fight anyway, to team elevation, training with those guys out there, putting in rounds with Justin Gaethje. And to be honest with you, Trey, I know he's not part of team elevation, but I'm just, I can't go against anything that team elevation is touching right now. I just can't go against any of it. No, you can. We actually posted our Instagram, just a quick rundown. If you're not familiar with team elevation, this is kind of where their team sits. Drew Dobers, 2-0. and Justin Gaethje obviously just beat Tony Ferguson. Austin Hubbard's 1-1. One one. Neil Magny, 2-0. We all saw Alistair Overeem just decimate Walt Harris. Corey Sanhagen, while he's 0-1, he's a still a massive contender in the Bantamweight uh, division. And, you know, they have a couple fighters that haven't even fought yet. This team is on fire. And I think that Gilbert Burns, not saying, you know, it's great for anyone to get COVID, but Usman is so happy that Gilbert got COVID because him switching to that camp is only going to heighten where we believe his vulnerabilities could be in association to this fight on the feet. Yeah, and you know he's still going to take Henry Hooft with him. So he went to a different camp, got all the training, all the pouring in from that. I would, you know, it he and then he has the best of both worlds here. He could either keep the team from elevation, you know, whoever it was that he was training out there who was running his camp and bring them out with or he can bring them and his head coach with or just take all the knowledge that he gained there and go back and get his old coach, old style or, you know, old team and take them out and implement the new things that he learned. I think it's a win, 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 win for Kamara Usman here in this kind of situation. Masvidal can absolutely win this fight. I definitely believe that he can. Um, he just I just don't know how he's going to do it. We haven't shown Usman hasn't shown himself to be susceptible to being knocked out. We haven't seen anybody out-wrestle him yet. Um, can Masvidal do? Can he out-wrestle him? I don't know. He says he won't be out-wrestled by him. Um, and I think he definitely has the cleaner hands, but I don't think he's physically stronger. 
he's definitely, I don't think he's going to have the cardio for it. I don't know, man. I really don't know. This fight is probably closer than the plus 185 minus 235 would indicate, but even still very hard to convince me to not go against Kamara Usman here. No, it's, it's tough. And, and even Josh Emmett, he texted us and just said literally, hey, I know that you, you locked in three plays for me. Take the Usman one back. I don't want to touch that right now. I can make a case for both. This is one where literally day by day, I'm curious, you know, all the variabilities that you have when you're over there on Yaw's Island, the time, the heat, all that stuff with someone who we really haven't seen have a camp in, in uh, Jorge Masvidal, how's that going to fare? I think this is a tough one and kind of one I want to stay away from. Yeah. All right. Well, one thing that you definitely want to stay away from on top of this fight, uh, if, if you're going to be out in the hot and heat, you don't want to stay away from that uh, that Grundle area. You know what I mean? You don't want to stay away from, from that swamp. You know what I mean? That that dirty that dirty fun bridge. You got to clean that thing up. Uh, it's too hot right now. We're in the heat of the summer. You got to get things cleaned up. And if you're going to do that, man, what better way to do it than using that lawnmower 3.0 coming from Manscaped? Uh, Trey, we gave away a Manscaped prize pack last week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the dude did reach out to us, and he did claim his prize pack already, correct? He did. He did. Yep. He, it's on. It's on the way. It's due to due to arrive to him. He also explained his actual name, his handle. Oh, okay, which is a Judy Chop. A Judy Chop. A Judy Chop. Yeah. Which I can dig. I like yeah, that. That was a lot. cool. No, yeah. it's the perfect person for this package to go to. He received the Manscaped Perfect 3.0 package that had the trimmer, it had the spritzer, it had the foot deodorant, it has the mesh underwear, it has the whole kit and caboodle. And guys. We will be giving another one away, but if you want to take advantage of our offer, all you have to do is go to Manscaped and type in the code PUNCH. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping. Again, go to Manscaped, type in the code PUNCH, 20% off and free shipping. That's it. I don't know if you can hear this right now, but my neighbor just started setting off fireworks. Oh, dude. He knew that he knew that uh, the Masvidal Usman fight came to fruition. He's just like, right. bah, 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 bah. I just, I love South Carolina, man. Anyway. Are you sure it's fireworks? I'm paused. I can see them. Yeah, I can see them <laughs> okay. from the window. Yeah, it's, it's fireworks. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, man, let's put a bow on this bad boy. Massive week. Uh, best show we've ever done. I'm calling it now. Love it. I love it. Ride the high. Let's ride it right into the weekend. Guys, you need to tell your friends to ride the high of this episode. Please share it. Like, share, subscribe. Follow us on all social channels, Punchlist MMA. Literally, the more support we can get, the better. We thank you to our sponsors. Dale, what else you got? That's it, man. And the more people that support the show, the easier it is to get guys like Josh Emmett to get, uh, you know, to get people like that on the show because they see, you know, this is a place where people are going, right? So you don't, you go to where you can be seen. These guys are trying to, these guys and girls are trying to build their brand. So they're not, you know, not to say that they won't go to a podcast that has a hundred people. Right. But if they're trying to build their brand, they won't bank for their buck. Time is money. Right. Like mm -hmm. Josh Emmett just sat down and gave us 30 plus minutes of his time. Right. Not to mention all the time and coordination that went into getting him here to do that. Um, that, he, you know, they expect a reasonable rate of return on that, which is understandable. You know, I know that you value yourself at about 20 bucks an hour. Other people value it a little bit more. But that's just that, you know like or like the videos you know like the episodes subscribe follow do whatever reach out to pe reach out to fighters and say hey i heard you here can't believe x y and z whatever it takes stuff like that 
that's why they do those things. They want to see that reasonable rate of return. Um, and then, you know, obviously, like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, you support the show, you support us, you support the spot, you go shop at our sponsors. It helps keep things going. If our content has brought you any value whatsoever, whether it be entertainment, whether it be monetary, whether it be something you put on to fall asleep or put on something to get the old lady fired up for a Saturday night, I don't care what it is. If our content has brought you some sort of value whatsoever, the best way that you can support us is by supporting our show through our sponsors. Shout out to Stay Classy Meats. Shout out to Manscaped. Shout out to Allegiance Clothing. Absolutely love these guys. Appreciate all their help and support. Trey, this can be the biggest, best episode we've ever done. The ride keep continues to get better and better, my man. And uh, let's crush it this week. LFG. That's it. All right, guys. Be good to each other. Until next week, uh, hit us up on social media. I'll be happy, or we will be happy, rather, to answer and engage anything you got going on. Oh, and real quick. Money Man Dan did tell us that he just went ahead and took that money, and instead of buying beer, he went ahead. Oh, we got to do our beer money giveaway. We could do that. We have to do our beer money giveaway. Let's, let's, do, let's, it. Do, let's do it real quick. All right, hold on a second. Wow, if you listen to the last part of this episode, you got the little tidbit. This is going to be an easy one for someone to get some beer money. All right, hold on a second. Let me just see who it is. Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. Let me just go. Now, anyone that just cut out of this episode too soon too soon that's why you gotta listen to the last second of the partialist mma podcast that's right well this does me no good let me see here how can i search i gotta search it like it's uh this didn't go as well this is this this did not go the way that we thought it would go hey how about uh ariani celeste pregnant pregnant that's so (laughs) great filler right there that's awesome yeah i do what i can i do what i can for those that, that know and have listened to the Punchlist MMA podcast for a long time, you obviously know that Dale and I do not script any of our episodes. We no, literally no. just hit the go button, and you're seeing it at its finest right now. All right. My man, Corey. Corey MC. Absolute great podcast with great insight. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. Corey MC, Instagram. Uh, shoot, us, shoot us up. Uh, or he's at Corey MC. All right, so he's already telling us his at. Um, so let's let's hit him up on there. Tell me when the beer money. Actually, you know what? Let's let it ride a little bit. Let's see if he actually made it to this point in the show. Let's put if this he, whole. If he didn't, next week let's double down. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't, next week we're doubling down, and then uh, we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Be good to each other. At Corey MC Instagram. Hit us up, dudes. Get your beer money, my man.